The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? <laughs> How are you now? Um, well, I guess uh, the first order of business today is pretty clear, right? That, ladies and gentlemen, was the cracking of a beer just for me. I'm going to pour one out today for our dearly departed Clydesdale, Marc Bergevin. But I'm not going to actually pour it out. I'm going to pour it out into my mouth because I just had to watch the Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 2-1 to one to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and uh, yeah, that, that could have gone much, much better. Let me start out real quick with uh, you know a quick word about Bergevin. Um, I don't want to celebrate anybody losing their their job right it's not me wanting to like revel in somebody else no longer having employment uh however that being said this is something that clearly anybody who listens to this podcast knows i've been wanting for some some time now and um also he's, he's made more money in the course of his time as the general manager of the montreal Canadiens than most people will make in their entire lifetime so i don't feel horribly bad for him um, I, I do feel a little bit bad, uh, but let's face it, this was overdue. Um, it was it needed to be done, and they did it. Um, it didn't, however, produce any kind of change overnight, which I don't think anybody expected it to do, right? Let's face it. I've talked about this before. I didn't expect it uh, to automatically turn this season around, and it, it very, very didn't. Uh, we take a look at that game against the Canucks, and it is very much evidence of that being the case, uh, that change does not happen overnight. So, uh, let's talk about it. What happened? Well, Habs came out and uh, they started getting dominated real quick in that uh, in that game. Uh, they were outshot. By the time Nick Suzuki took a tripping penalty in the first period, they were being outshot 11-1 to by the Canucks, getting ran over. And of course, Nick Suzuki takes that tripping penalty and Elias Pettersson gets a clapper from the face-off circle on the right side and it's one nothing for the Vancouver Canucks. But that seemed to wake the Habs up. Uh, they started to get back into it a little bit. Jonathan Drouin gets a neutral zone turnover, uh, takes it up ice, uh, throws it across into the middle, and finds Ryan Paling in front of the net, who taps it in, makes it 1-1, ties the game up. We're feeling pretty good. And the Habs really got back into that game 100% uh, through the course of that period. The shots ended for that period at 12-11 for the Canucks. So the Canucks only got one more shot following uh and and the one more shot that they got was the one that Pedersen scored on uh so Habs did really well after getting scored on of course doesn't matter the Canucks wake back up in the second period Josh Anderson with a brutal turnover to Bo Horvat in the defensive zone Horvat feeds it across to Connor Garland in front who taps it in two to one for the Canucks shots ended 
in the second period, uh, 33 to 23 for the Vancouver Canucks. So realistically, whatever the Habs were doing right uh, in the first period after getting scored on, they completely did the opposite of that in the second period. And in the third period, nothing happened. Literally nothing. Habs got some power play opportunities. They squandered them. Um, they tried to pull their goalie at the end of the game. They, they did get Allen out of the net. Eventually, it, it was quite the struggle for them to get into a position to even be able to take him out of the net. Uh, but they eventually managed to do it, and um, it did nothing. They couldn't score. The Canucks won by a score of 2-1. to one. So, again, change does not happen overnight. So, uh, now that uh, Marc Bergevin has been sent to fuck off at land, and he can finally go and mix in a leg day or two and, uh, you know, do some squats, uh, work on something other than his biceps. Uh, <laughs> um, I was talking on the Habsent Minded podcast with uh, my buddy Jared Book, and he said, Matt, what are you, you going to do with the bottom six minutes for the rest of the season? And I said, don't you worry, my friend. I may be satisfied with this change, but I will still be on my bullshit until I get everything that I've been asking for. And I know a lot of you are probably wondering, how much credit does Matt Drake deserve uh, for Marc Bergevin being fired? And the answer is 100% of the credit. Obviously, I am the decider. <laughs> um, no, on a, on a serious note, uh, yeah, I'm still on my bullshit. Um, and my biggest problem right now is, of course, Dominique Ducharme. Um, I don't know what he was doing in that game. I honestly don't. Uh, there's a few things that I got to point out, and it, I, I honestly don't want to go into too much detail because let's face it, uh, this is a brutal game. But I, I don't want to spend you know the next 20 minutes talking about it. But let's take a quick look. All right, number one, they had a few power play opportunities uh, in that game. Right, Cole Caulfield, according to Natural Statric, got exactly 49 seconds of ice time on the power play. They're not even using him on the power play. He benched him at one point in the second period. This after Josh Anderson gave up a goal. Josh Anderson made a horrible pass that led directly to a goal against. And he didn't bench Josh Anderson. No, he benched Cole Caulfield. And I had a few people that were saying to me on Twitter, like, oh, this is about sending a message to make people play better. Then bench the guy who actually made the turnover that led directly to the goal against. Don't bench your young player, especially when earlier on that very same day, Jeff Molson gave a press conference talking about how he decided to fire Marc Bergevin and hire Jeff Gordon and said specifically that player development was going to become a major focus for this team moving forward. He wanted to make sure that all the draft picks they've made and the next 11 draft picks that they have coming up this summer at a draft in Montreal that they're going to pan out. And what does Dominique Cham do? Benches the most promising offensive prospect currently on the roster. I mean, if if that's not an inability to see the forest for, for the trees, I have no idea what the fuck would ever be considered it, right? He's got to be the first person that's gone when whoever comes in as a general manager uh, is brought in because I know uh, it's not going to happen now It's it, because Molson also said in his podcast, or his press conference, not his podcast, uh, he said that he would not interfere in those decisions, that that is a decision that would be made by the general manager, and uh, they have yet to pick a general manager. So we can assume, of course, that it is not going to happen until that has been done. Uh, that's not going to stop me from complaining about it every chance I get, of course. But still, I understand it's not happening right away. But while I'm on the subject, 
while, while, while I'm still on the subject, which I will probably remain on until they pick a general manager and fire him, um, there were a couple of other things that didn't make any sense either, such as the, <laughs> the deployment. He deployed, and I'm, I'm not kidding when I tell you this, by the way, Jake Evans, 60% of his shifts started in the offensive zone. Arturi Lekkonen, 60% of his shifts starting in the offensive zone. Those are your two best defensive forwards. And you're starting them specifically in the offensive zone. Why? Why? Jonathan Drouin, 33.33% in the offensive zone. So mostly defensive deployment. That doesn't make any sense. Brennan Gallagher, 37.50% in the offensive zone. That doesn't make any sense. Nick Suzuki, 42.86. It's closer to making sense at the very least, but it still doesn't make any goddamn sense. What are you doing? Like, I don't know. Listen, Jeff Molson literally gave you a press conference earlier on in the day, and I, I don't think he watched it. I don't think he watched it. Now, I know I said the same thing about uh, Jeff Molson himself. I said I, I wasn't sure if he was watching the Habs games at all. But I re- legitimately wonder if Dominique Deschamps watched the owner of his own team's press conference this morning. Because if he did, and he heard him talking about player development, he heard him talking about how he's unsatisfied with the way things have been going and how you know he finally reached his, his point of, of being unsatisfied to the point where he could no longer be supportive of the general manager. He heard him talking about how they're going to bring in new people and they're going to be making that decision. You're making their decision really fucking easy with the decisions that you're making on the ice. I mean, a lot of people have said that it's just it's mostly the players not playing his system, not doing what he wants them to do. I mean, what system is anybody seeing on the ice? There is none. Specifically in the defensive zone, they're a mess. Offensively, there's way too many stretch passes still and flips. Like there's, uh, I'm I'm gonna just stop now because I've already laid out what my main problems are with that game, and uh, there, there's no sense in continuing to uh, go after Deschamps because, like I said, until they pick a new general manager, they're not going to replace him. Uh, but they had better replace him, whoever it is. They better replace him because he clearly uh, he, he can't see the forest for the trees. He doesn't have a clue when he should be benching people or who he should be benching. He doesn't punish people who make mistakes. He punishes people who made no mistakes. For what? For sending a message? Sending what message? The message you've sent is that somebody can give up a goal and not get benched, but you're going to bench somebody else who had nothing to do with that mistake. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the Habs are worse than the Vancouver Canucks, so... We got a better chance right now at Shane Wright than the Canucks do. I guess that's a good news. Uh, That's maybe a bit of a silver lining. But actually, my silver lining of the night, remember I said, I've said it every time, I'm going to give one every single game regardless of how bad they get. And your silver lining in this particular game is going to be that it was Jeff Petrie's best game of the season. Uh, Honestly, he looked pretty good. Um, was the one of the best players possession-wise on the entire team. Um, he made a couple of good rushes. He made a couple of good defensive plays. He threw Bo, Bo Horvat on his ass at one point in the first period. Um, Scott Matla actually has a gif of it. If you go to uh, on Twitter, at Scott Matla, 
he has a gif on there of that hit. Uh, it was basically him punching him in the chest. So, I mean, you could make an argument that there was a penalty to be called there, but they didn't call it. Uh, but and anyways, overall, it was it was Jeff Petrie's best game. So maybe, um, you know, maybe it's a sign of him turning things around. I don't know. Maybe he's not playing hurt like I thought he was uh, because he didn't look hurt in that game. He looked uh, he looked pretty damn good. Uh, so that's that's good news for them uh, that he will be, you know, going back to being his regular useful self rather than what he's looked like for the last couple of weeks. So that's good. And um, also the fact that this team is is going to be taking a new direction is great. Uh, I, I know I sounded a little bit angry maybe throughout the course of this podcast, but that's because I just watched a horrible game. I'm going to the game on uh, Thursday night uh, against the Avalanche. If they play like that against the Avalanche, it's going to be even worse. So just wait for that episode because I'm going to be recording it when I get home from the game. I'm going to be sitting in the reds, so I'm going to be nice and close up for that potential destruction. Uh, or maybe I'll be surprised. Who knows? Uh, I'm... I, I was surprised to find out that Jeff Molson's been watching the games and that he's, you know, was at least close to as upset as I've been this season. Um, and I'm very, 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 very glad that he made a change, that he's decided, all right, we're going to overhaul things. We're going to make a lot of different modifications to the organizational structure, and we're going to take a look a lot at development um, and specifically trying to create, you know, sustainable competition from this team moving forward. I, I honestly, I watched the whole press conference and uh, everything he said really stood out to me as somebody who is legitimately committed to trying to create uh, a winning team here in Montreal. And that's what I want. That's what I've always wanted. Um, that's what I yell about constantly. Um, maybe my way of getting it across is not the same as his. I certainly don't put things as eloquently. Uh, je dirais que moi je parle peut-être français un peu mieux que lui, but that's just my opinion. All right, don't kill me, Jeff. You can hire me as general manager if you really want. Okay, I promise I'll speak as much French as possible. Um, that's it for the podcast. We're running uh, well, over 14 minutes, so uh, soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. Uh, we are on Spotify, uh, Megaphone, Apple, Google Play. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Listen to my podcast, man. Everything I say on this podcast, it seems to happen. It's It seems to happen. I speak things into existence, right? Um, who knows? Maybe it'll continue to be the case. Maybe not, right? I've spoken another thing tonight that I want to happen when you pick the new general manager. Let's see if they do it. <laughs> so thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I appreciate it very much. We will be back after Thursday's game when I get home from that game with another episode. So until then, à la prochaine. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.